0: Hello, my name is David Clarkson and I'm the minister at Barclayview Forth Church. We're still in lockdown and we're not able to meet in our building, so most of our activities are online for now. Over these last weeks, we've been looking at the Lord's Prayer and we want to encourage you to pray. I know many of you do, but we also know that lots of people don't. And I know myself that I need to, to think about it. I need to learn more and I need to uh, be more consistent in praying. And so we want to encourage you with all of that. We've added a prayer page to the website, uk slash prayer. And on that page you'll find a, a prayer wall where you can add a short prayer and you can get uh, prayer resources. You can Gather those resources and use them or you can sign up for our day of prayer. There are still one or two spaces and don't worry if there's already a name in the space that you want to take because we're at home and that's perfectly acceptable, there's no problem with that. Let's pray together. Lord, in the quietness, touch our lives and hold us fast. Lord, in the stillness, share our heart and our sense of aloneness. Lord, in our weakness, be strength for us. Lord, in our darkness, be our light and our hope. Lord, in our doubts, be our courage and our faith. Lord, in our need, be our saviour and friend. Lord, in our lives, be our reason for living. Lord, be our source of life and our fulfilment and joy. Lord, be the meaning in our service and our obedience. Lord, be at the heart of our worship and celebration. Lord, be our Lord, here and everywhere, until the end and beyond. Help us now as we say together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Amén. And now Marianne is going to read from Luke chapter 1 to 4 and this week we're going to hear it in Spanish.
1: Y les dijo, cuando ores, decid, Padre nuestro que estás en los cielos, santificado sea tu nombre, venga a tu reino, hágase tu voluntad como en la, el cielo, así también en la tierra. El pan nuestro de cada día, danos hoy. Y perdónanos nuestros pecados, Amén. In our prayers for others, or as we sometimes say, prayers of intercession, we are going to spend some time reflecting on people or situations known to us. In each section, I will leave space for you to focus on the things that God brings to your mind or things that are in your heart to pray for. Spend a moment letting God guide you to what or who to pray for. Let us pray. Psalm 65 says, O God in Zion, to you even silence is praise. You are the God who answers prayer. All of humanity comes before you with their requests. Father, Father, As we've entered into a new month, we come before you with our requests and concerns for our world. Both things on our doorsteps and things far away. And yet, even as we think about these things we see in our daily lives, we know even those things that are close to us can be remote and far away from our comfortable lives. We pray for the homeless and the beggars on the streets of Edinburgh. Let's take a moment to think of one of these people known to us by sight or by name and hold them and their situation before God. Lord, all these folk are made in your image We ask for your blessing upon their lives. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we pray for those working in the front line of the pandemic, continuing in difficult times and dangerous situations. Name someone before you now who is in these circumstances. Take this moment to bring them and their situation before God. Lord, all these folk are made in your image. We ask for your blessing upon their lives. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for our government and leaders at all levels, working in these difficult times, making decisions that impact all our lives. Let's take a moment to think of one of these people by name, your MP or MSP, a counselor, or someone in higher government. Name them and hold them and their situation before God. Lord, all these folk are made in your image. We ask for your blessing upon their lives. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we bring our world before you full of war and famine and persecution and inequality. Take a moment to bring a particular place or situation before you now, offering it to God. Lord, all these folk in all these places are made in your image. We ask for your blessing upon their lives. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Take us, Lord, this week and bring us an awareness of how your heart breaks over the suffering in this world. Help us to remember some of these people we have prayed for just now in the coming week and hear our requests. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.
0: Over the past few weeks we've introduced the idea that prayer flows from our relationship with God. There are three things that we should consider when we are praying. Keep it simple, keep it real and keep it up. It's really important to remember that building a relationship with God doesn't just happen. It takes time and it takes effort. All of our relationships are at different stages because of the commitment that we have to them and the effort that we put into them. Think of your best friend. Is it hard with them? Do you struggle for things to talk about? Would you be honest with them and about what you really think and feel about things? Well, of course, that doesn't just happen. There was a time when you didn't know each other and you've had to work at building your friendship and your relationship, perhaps over a short time, but perhaps over many years. But over time you made connections about things that you have in common, maybe your sense of humour or or an interest, and you've invested in that friendship. Well, it's exactly the same with God. Today we're thinking about contemplative prayer. And I think this is one area where the church in Scotland actually is really lacking. I think we too often turn to prayer as a last resort rather than as a prime imperative. I suspect that most of us would like to have lives that felt beautiful and attractive and uniquely amazing but we carry all sorts of baggage that that stops that. Contemplative prayer is about putting down the things that we are carrying unnecessarily and developing roots into a relationship with God. It's much more about being than doing. The contemplative tradition actually is very deep in Christian history. Back in the 16th century, a Spanish nun called Teresa of Avila describes contemplation as the prayer of quiet and intimate sharing between friends. The prayer of quiet and intimate sharing between friends. Richard Foster, uh, as a Quaker writer, describes a loving Attentiveness to God. He says that talk recedes into the background and feeling, this this important feeling, comes to the foreground. So really the, the definitions of contemplative prayer circle the same basic three themes. The first is that contemplative prayer is consumed with God's love. It's all centred on that. The second is that it's mostly a quiet or a wordless form of meditation on Christ. In which we, we kind of enjoy his presence without doing or saying anything. And the third thing is that it is experiential rather than logical. So contemplation is more like stargazing than astronomy. It's more like listening to jazz than hearing a talk. It's that kind of bit of your brain that's engaged. We know how to do it when it comes to other things, but but this is doing it in relation to prayer, and so it's it's much more than simply pulling out a, a prayer list and working through it. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not a contemplative prayer. I I want to. Uh, Make it clear that this is biblical. It's not new age mumbo jumbo and it's not simply well-being, although it is very much well-being. In the Old Testament, King David says, may the meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. That comes in Psalm 19. He declares, for God alone my soul waits in silence. Psalm 62. So this is a contemplative approach to prayer right in the Old Testament. Perhaps the most famous verse is in Psalm 46 and it simply says, Be still and know that I am God. There's something about stillness that enables us to encounter God. And if we go into the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, for example, says in 1 Thessalonians 5, pray continually well that can't just mean that we're continually talking and bombarding God with words when we meditate and contemplate we're trying to empty our minds that's one of the big distinctions between this and other forms of prayer we're seeking it to to fill our minds to focus them fully on Jesus It may be helpful to think of contemplation as kind of like a journey or a dance that passes through three phases. We begin with meditation. And that's the sort of me with God stage. And that can be hard work because that's when we're trying to focus. And we know there's all sorts of distractions that come during that time. The next step is contemplation. Meditation becomes contemplation. That is God and me. It switches from me and God to God and me. In other words, the centre of gravity shifts and I become less aware of myself and more aware of God. But then contemplation really comes to its fullness when it becomes communion. Not bread and wine communion, but where it's no longer me and God or God and me, it's just God. When we are so aware of him that we really stop thinking about ourselves that lovely phrase of of Charles Wesley's we are lost in wonder love and praise meditation is us trying to focus our thoughts on the Lord but we know that that's not easy so I want to talk practically about how we might go about that you might start by just finding somewhere quiet and sitting and breathing or maybe just going for a walk, somewhere that you, you're very familiar with, and just walk slowly. One of the things that's most helpful in focusing on the Lord and meditation is obviously the Bible. I don't mean some great big deep theological Bible study. It's more just find a little bit of the Bible, a verse or a few words, and use that as a window to help you focus on God's presence. Here you're reading for revelation and encounter, rather than education and information. The very first sentence of the first psalm says Blessed is the one who doesn't walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. But While the Bible is incredibly helpful and I would recommend that you use that, it doesn't necessarily just have to be on the Bible. That would be hard when you are out walking. You can meditate on something that you have in front of you. I mean, creation reveals the creator. Look at the beauty of the park, the wonder of the beach or the power of the storm. Obviously the Bible is is best, but, but wherever you are, you can focus in on something that's like a gateway into becoming more aware of God's presence and his goodness. You could even just look at a picture. All around us are portals that help us to step into an awareness of the presence of God. So we breathe deeply as part of being still. And you might want to repeat a simple uh, prayer phrase. It can be a very helpful thing at this stage. You might want to pray in tongues if, if you do that. It, it could be using a Franciscan prayer, for example, My law, my God and my Lord. My God and my Lord. Or I can and just sit there and say, Thank you, Jesus. So we're breathing, we're saying our uh, phrase, we're focusing and thinking um, on something beautiful and that's entering into uh, contemplation through meditation. As you do that you find that gradually your centre of gravity shifts f- from you and God to God and you. It, it's hard, I, I'm not going to uh, tell you anything other than that. It's hard to make yourself focus on God but as you, as you get better at it and it takes time and effort but as you get better at it he'll start to Kind of take centre stage. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus says, Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you'll begin to sense his grace. See the pattern? Be quiet and still. Come as you are. And as you spend time there, the focus starts to shift. It's a kind of space when words become less necessary. And so we have meditation that leads into contemplation. And the third step is when contemplation becomes what I want to call communion. This is when I'm no longer even consciously doing this thing called worship or prayer. It's like I forget about myself completely actually it's almost as if time stops and I think that's significant it's almost like we step into eternity there was a a desert father more than 1700 years ago who uh, was uh, spending time praying in the Egyptian desert funnily enough he's known as Antony of the desert he said perfect prayer is not to know that you're praying Perfect prayer is not to know that you're praying. As I was preparing this talk, I realised that it might sound as if this is for super holy or super spiritual people and it's only obtainable by people who give all their time to it. It's aspirational, but not practical or realistic. Well, I think you'd be amazed how much everybody already contemplates without realising it. So let's take an example. When we were able to go to church, you go in and uh, you get yourself settled. And then uh, somebody introduces the song and that's phase one, meditation. You're thinking about what you had for your breakfast, realising that you forgot to clean your teeth. And some lyrics come out maybe on a screen or in the hymn book. And you're doing this sort of thing of, I'm I'm really going to focus on God through this song. So that's meditation. You're, you're, You're beginning to focus. And then often what happens is that you come to a point Where actually you stop thinking about what you had for breakfast or whether your breath is smelly because you're now focusing on God. It's moved from meditation to contemplation to God and me. And I have to be honest and say I think this is where more traditional hymn prayer sandwich type congregations miss out. Because we don't sing a few songs together at any point in our service. And so for me, I, I find that I've just begun to focus on God when the hymn or the song is finished and we're moving on to something else. I want to spend more time in the, in the music because that's how uh, I, I find help to feel and be closer to God. And I think we miss out on that. Sometimes though in worship, And sadly, it isn't the case every single time you rock up at church. You forget about the lyrics. You forget that you're in the building singing the songs because actually you're caught up in the presence of God. And that's when contemplation has come into its fullness in communion with God. But what about one that that applies to everybody? Even if they wouldn't call themselves Christian. But it shows that we are actually wired for contemplation. Let's say you go to the cinema Everyone goes on a contemplative journey, believe it or not, because phase one is you sit down. You've got your popcorn, you've got your fizzy drink, you know, you're getting annoyed with the buddy behind you that's talking or on the phone, um, and you're just trying to get into the film. This is the me and the film stage. Me and the film. It's meditation. I want to get into this. I'm I'm ready for this. I'm looking forward to this. I want to commit to this, because I I want to see what's happening, where it goes. And then if the film's good, it becomes the film and you. You become less aware of your surroundings and more caught up in what's going on in the screen. You, you're into it. That's like meditation has become contemplation. And then if it's not just a good film, if it's a really great film, what happens is that you, you kind of forget that you're at the cinema. And you just get totally caught up in the film. You forget your juice and your sweets and your popcorn. You you forget all of that stuff because you're so caught up watching the actors. and, And you're almost in that moment in the story yourself. And it's a beautiful, cathartic, wonderful experience to be involved with a film like that. And that's when you've really stepped into a true contemplative space. I think we crave those kind of deep conversations with friends, those, those kind of timeless conversations you have when you're out in, in, in nature and, and with somebody that you really know deeply. These are the experiences that carry us to a place that's beyond ourselves in some way. And as Christians, we know that Jesus is the ultimate destination and desire of the human soul. you might be watching this and have this image of us sitting around all day just, you know, enjoying God's presence, you know, dressed in white, sitting in a lovely cushion, blah, blah, blah. And and maybe you're thinking, well, that's a bit escapist. You know, what, what good is that to anybody else? What good is that to the poor or to the lost? And I have to say, I think, you know, some people might Use that uh, as an excuse. It might be escapist. But thankfully we can go to the Bible for inspiration and answers. Isaiah has the ultimate kind of contemplative experience recorded in Isaiah chapter 6. He's caught up in prayer into heaven. And he sees God in his glory and he sees the angels with him. It's like a, a mystical encounter. But that is the context in which God says, Who can I send and who will go? And Isaiah goes, me, me, I'll go. Isaiah gets his commission out of his contemplative encounter. And I think contemplative prayer is actually what makes our mission sustainable and meaningful. One of the good examples here is Mother Teresa. When she received a Nobel Peace Prize, she made a speech in which she says this. We may be doing social work in the eyes of the people. But we are really contemplatives in the heart of the world. We are touching the body of Christ 24 hours a day. We have 24 hours in his presence. There is so much suffering, so much hatred, so much misery. And we with our prayer and with our sacrifice, he says, are beginning at home. Love is... Begins at home. And it's not how much we do, but how much love we put into the action that we do. And so to this day, Mother Teresa's missionaries of charity order are exactly that. They are contemplatives in the heart of the world. They are out there ministering to Jesus amongst the poor and the dying. And that's what makes it sustainable for them. They're not just kind of social workers doing good deeds. You would burn out very quickly on that. You just keep caring for people and more and more broken people keep coming. And what makes it sustainable is that they're not doing it as mission or as justice. They are doing it as worship. They are encountering Jesus in the poor and in the broken. So contemplation begins with meditation on scripture or maybe finding him in the beautiful stuff of life. But actually it comes to its fullness when we are so aware of God's presence that we can see him. And that we can see him especially in the poor and the broken and the marginalised. Jesus says this in Matthew's Gospel. He says, in so much as you've done it to the least of these, you've done it to me. You can find God in the poor and the broken. That's Mother Teresa's message. Contemplative prayer is where prayer and social justice and evangelism meet. Because in experiencing the presence of God, we become infectious with his presence. And we go into the world carrying God with us. And so in a way, it's the most powerful kind of prayer there is prayer at its simplest is just asking God for stuff prayer at its best is a two-way conversation it's not just me talking at God it's me listening to God it's relational but prayer at its deepest is communion it's silent loving relationship with God Contemplative prayer is mostly a silent enjoyment of God's presence. And that's the deepest kind of prayer. We start first by focusing quietly on um, a a phrase from the Bible. And that's the the me and God bit. Or it may be something else that you're looking at. And then maybe we use a prayer phrase or, or even pray in tongues. And then that kind of meditation stage can turn into contemplation. Where we become less self-conscious and more focused on God than on ourselves. We just wait there then and enjoy that. And then hopefully as we practice that, we eventually get to the point where we can get into that place of communion. Where we are totally caught up in God's presence. We're going to sing the hymn that I mentioned earlier. That talks about being lost in wonder, love and praise. It's love divine. So let's pray together. Go with us from this time, Lord, for we can't serve, trust and live for you in our own strength. Go with us, Lord, for you are the true and the living way. Go with us, Lord, that we may walk with you. Amen.